Hello, and welcome to episode 202 of Relics of Ore. I'm your host, Grybok, and joining me this evening are my two lovely co-hosts, Spirit and Shungaku, a.k.a. Eric. How are you doing this evening, Eric? I am doing very well. I'm very excited to talk about the uh, new episode. Yeah, me too. It's been a little bit since we podcasted, but uh, with a new episode coming out and the expansion announcement thingy next week i'm sure we will have several weeks in a row of content to talk about ad nauseum and speaking of uh coming back all the time my every time co-host spirit how are you doing hey uh i am good i've been incredibly busy but i am so pleased by this patch so i can't wait to talk about it with you guys for multiple episodes because we have so much to talk about which is just great yeah our notes are like rainbow puke everywhere in the good way it's so beautiful yeah so uh, just to get it out of the way if you are worried about story spoilers we are going to hold off on talking about the story and all of the related instances for uh, one week and maybe even more depending on what the uh expansion announcement thing is depending on if that takes all of our podcasting activity time up next week but we will at least give a spoiler warning uh when we're going to start talking about that and we're giving at least a one week grace period so this week we're just going to be talking about um everything basically except the story so the new map the new mastery the new legendaries plural uh any other the new fractal uh any and all of those things so and there's still so much to talk about who would like to lead off what what topic are you guys feeling like discussing first i want to lead off with a super important topic and that is wind tech because it's at the top of our show notes sure go for it i actually wanted to talk about the new fractal anyway so you first, oh, okay. and then I'll go. Well, it, it, it leads right into the new fractal, because what they have been doing, and apparently they've been tweaking basically physics in the game for the last, since, uh, for a while it sounds like, and one of the things that they've been doing is is adjusting how the game can force a player to move in a certain way without necessarily totally taking control away from the player. Uh, so one of the big examples that they talked about during the Reddit AMA that they had uh, was that what you've got is normally you'd hop on in the super adventure box you'd hop on water that was flowing and it just knock you back knock you back knock you back now it no longer does knockbacks you just sort of get pushed along with the water and and so that new tech is allowing them to do some really interesting things with character movement and character uh, weight and mass effects in the game which they mess with in the new fractal. Yeah, that's one of those ways that, you know, it's kind of like NASA research money. It's like you you do one thing and then it ends up having a lot of applicable discoveries or, or technology developed that work in a lot of other fields. Um, and like Super Adventure Box, I think, is one of those areas that pushed a lot of system development in the game and sort of gave new tech to use in other ways, which is... Pretty cool. Um, that was exactly the first thing that I was thinking when um, <clears throat> when we were talking about the WinTech, you know, without having read the AMA entry was, you know, yeah, it sounds exactly like stuff that they worked on for or because of Super Adventure Box with all of the force movement and current and all of those types of things. Which, if, uh, if they do ever do Sab World 3, 
I really hope that it's uh like the it has elements of that Duena heart that we just experienced. But that's me getting uh sidetracked. Spirit, you've done the new fractal, right? I have. Um, I guess to lead off, I have to say that this fractal is the most fun that I have had in group content in Guild Wars 2, probably since raids came out. Like, I enjoyed it so much, and it does a really good job of fusing everything that Guild Wars 2 is good at in, like, one little package, right? Like, there's this really interesting kind of side story... Um, there's crazy timey-wimey stuff, amazing, amazing visuals, um, and just some really awesome boss mechanics that, when I think about where we are now in terms of boss mechanics for what shipped with the game five years ago, it is a night and day difference, and if you were put off by that at any point, try it again, because there's so much more interesting stuff going on now. Um... The Fractal continues the arc, the arc story arc, um, on from the Nightmare Fractal, and this time you go into the Mistlock Observatory, but it's not actually there. It's messed up. Something is literally ripping apart fractals of the mists. And so you go in there, uh, Des is like on the ceiling going, oh god, reality is being torn apart, and you fight your way through. Um, there's a, a Norn guy who's there, kind of, I don't, I don't know what he's doing at all. He's got, like, made, like, solar powers. And you move around in a very, um, interesting way. There's, like, updrafts, but you don't glide in them. You, you hop in the updraft, and then it turns you into an astral wisp, and you get shot out to different places. And so you have to shoot around to a bunch of different things to beat his timer, and then get back and beat him up. And when you beat him, he rips like a hole in fabric or whatever and then you go through to this absolutely amazing just i don't want to say like celestial plane like it uh in space right space every direction and there's this awesome line on the horizon which is it's hard to describe this is the thing you have to see for yourself um very very cool and so uh, one of the characters that you meet is actually a boss that you fight. I have no idea what her lore is or anything, but she is so cool. She must be a mist being of some kind. She's um, on a platform. Uh, this is going to be a weird sentence. Playing sports with herself? Uh, <laughs> she has a bunch of, like, sh she's a giant person. And then there's mini versions of her playing volleyball around her and then in the background there's one of them like bowling with golems and then there's smaller versions playing baseball and another smaller version playing soccer or whatever over in one corner very bizarre visual what's so cool about her to me is she uh you don't kill her. Like, she's very odd for a boss. It's not like you show up you're like you're the bad guy I'm gonna kill you she's like oh you're here to play and so she plays with you and then when you're done she doesn't actually die she says oh that was fun okay i'm going off to do something else now okay bye uh she's very joyous um if you wipe she knows that you've been there before and she says oh you come back to play again tremendous she says tremendous every time which is like a little bit of a meme now because uh i went in there with my uh christian erlen Triv and Jebbers, all from the guild, all from our Saturday raid group. 
Uh, we went in there with a balanced comp, totally blind. None of us knew what was going on in there. And it took us about an hour and a half to get through at level 100, uh, which is, I guess, good, right? Like, uh, it finally feels like, uh, and this is another thing that, like, it's the whole package of the fractal is really good. They've hit a really good difficulty where level 100 really feels like a challenge without being impossible. So that feels really good. And then on top of it, there is a challenge mode, but I don't know anything about that because I haven't done it yet. I'm looking forward to it, though, because there's some really cool, uh, again, unique rewards that come with it, titles, as well as an awesome challenge for me to try and beat at some point. Um, so one of the things is an aura, an infusion that turns you basically like like a skybox legendary where you just become what is inside of eternity is like your body now. Um, which is nice. very, very cool. Or uh, if you play Druid, the form that you take when you go into Astral Form, it's the same sort of thing, um, where your body just becomes a, a starscape, I guess. Um, and then, I can't I can't actually, it's like Virastra or something is her name, the, the mist being that I was talking about. She's very cool. I'd love to know more about her, but the final boss is Ark. Um, so we actually finally get to fight him. He He's kind of like, I don't want to say like a greatest hits of fractals, but there's definitely different things that he does from the different fractals. So like occasionally he'll pick up Horik's cannon, or he'll have the nightmare charge, the brazen gladiator from Chaos Fractal makes an appearance. Um, we essentially have come to the source of what has caused the Chaos Fractal, as far as I understand. Um I will admit that I am not fully understanding what's going on in the story um, because after you beat him, the Dessa comes through the portal and has a dialogue with Ark. And it's very if you're if you love those like timey wimey time loop reality bending kind of stuff, this is for you. Not so much for me. Uh, I think I followed it, but I'm not entirely sure, uh, without giving everything away, because definitely go check this out. It's really, really cool. Uh, it implies that both Dessa and Ark are not real, and that is why they can't escape the fractals. And so they go into the fractal portal, to the, the normal fractal lobby, saying, okay, let's reset the loop. And it ends with some ambiguity like they could either say this is the end like this story just loops right like you go into fractals you play this looping story and then you go up to the next tier of difficulty and it loops again and there's this really neat like looping difficulty that goes up which is very meta but also fitting into the story but it also implies that they are still going to work towards escaping the fractals anyway so i think they could go either way it's difficult to say whether the next fractal will continue the story arc uh, or not, but it's very, very cool. Highly, highly, highly recommend going and check it out. If you want to go, if you're not like a super dungeon person, check it out at the low level. It's not terribly difficult. It will probably give you a challenge. I would say more so than any of the other tier one fractals, but definitely doable, especially if you take a healer and, you know, you think about your party comp a little bit. Um, yeah, I just, I can't recommend it enough. Go check that out. Especially if you want, like, crazy Tyrion lore and you like the mists and stuff. That 
it's all for you. Go check everything of that out. There's collectibles to find in there. There's plenty of dialogue with all the characters. So, so good. Actually, you know what? So for a long time, I have been a critic of Fractals saying that it doesn't quite scratch the itch that Dungeons did for me. Uh, and it's hard to qualify exactly why it wasn't. Um, but one of the elements for me is uh, having like a, a like a complete story in it. And I feel like this fractal does a good job of scratching the itch that dungeons aren't filling for me. Not entirely, because part of the aspect of why I want dungeons back is because dungeons are really easy to jump into with like, you can take anyone, you don't have to, somebody in the party has to have done story, but that's so easy for someone to have to do. Or if you have to do story, you can knock it out really easily. Don't have to worry about what character has what trinkets and ascended gear and infusions or anything. You can just jump into a dungeon. So it doesn't it doesn't fill that, but basically everything else that dungeons do that I liked happened in this fractal, which is great. Nice. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. I haven't done a fractal in quite a while, so that'll be fun to get back in there and also cool to check this out because it does sound that sounds really neat. Make sure you, if you want to catch all the dialogue, make sure you stay after the final boss fight. Don't go out right away because you'll miss a huge chunk of the dialogue at the end. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Good pro tips. Cool. Oh, uh, was, sorry. Was... No, there's one more thing I got to talk about. I thought I was done, but there was one more thing. Well, that's My okay. favorite I was just mechanic. Ask if you had anything else you wanted to say. So. <laughs> My favorite mechanic in that fractal uh, is like a volleyball mechanic. So there's a the mist being lady. She throws a blue ball at you, and then there go there's white circles on the ground. So if you stand in the white circle, your character kind of like does a header and knocks the ball up again. Okay. And you have to knock it up eight times to go back into her. And it's really great. So I've done it once at 100 and once at 25 now. It's really great how that scales in difficulty for groups that are more capable of coordinating it and groups that are less capable. So at level 25, it, the ball was super slow, uh, had a big tell. It was easy for us to just walk to every circle by yourself. At level 100, we had to coordinate. Um, so I did one, three, and five. Somebody was doing like three or six and eight and somebody else did four and we had this all planned out and the healer was like running between and it goes all over the platform and the oh god there's so much to talk about in this fractal i'm sorry it's so great um that's, that's fine that's what we're here to do we're here to talk special and make action up for skill. long <laughs> absence it's only sure. been like a month and almost two yeah but that's way long for us it's anyway true. um you get a special action skill in that fight which um, is like a leap. Uh, it's a pretty well-controlled leap. You can target it and go anywhere. So if you get hit by the volleyball, if you do the mechanic correctly, it refreshes your leap skill. So yeah. you can chain it to try and hit all of them. It's really, really great how just the type of coordination it asks you for and how they pushed it to be the same mechanic but more of a challenge at the higher ends of the scale. Really, really great. So good. <laughs> I love this fractal so much. Um, plus, like Eric said, was with talking about the wind technology, um, the second half of the fractal has a low gravity thing. 
So you can jump really high, and boy, does that punch you straight in the butt when you get back to Tyria and you're like, oh man, I can't jump anymore. <laughs> I really, really feeling it. I got I got used to it so fast, just like um just like gliding. Yeah. Where well, I go back to Cortiria and I'm like, dang, can't jump. I mean <laughs> the worst. Little, yeah. Little do you know the next expansion pack that they're gonna be telling us about at some point in the near future. Ninety percent of the maps are actually set in space. That's fine. I'm on board. Speaking of uh, near future, though, that's like Tuesday is the yeah, first. It's, yeah, it's in five yeah. days. Holy crap! That is yeah. approaching. Was, yeah, it's gonna be soon. I was kind of expecting them to be like, do what they tried to do with like the everyone can play free right now mic drop thing, but do it like at like e- at uh, Gamescom or E three and be like, and now the expansion is playable. Go or, have fun. Or packs. Yeah, our packs. Which yeah, is, by no. the way, coming up in ex- like exactly a month from now, which is feels so oh. soon. So maybe they'll have a uh, a one month in. Well, I doubt they're going to re- launch it on Tuesday. No, they're not going to launch it on Tuesday. But no, because they want to go with the cadence. So I would expect, and this is just based off like what like various dev comments that they've said, but they want to keep it in um line with the story so people are expecting like three to six months from now because they said it'll probably be on the longer end of the two to three month kind of thing probably maybe longer than that um so everyone's guessing next three to six months my personal thing would be like announcement tuesday uh possibly beta maybe not probably not um almost certainly they'll have like a playable demo at pack because they always like PAX is their special thing. Uh, um, they haven't had a booth at PAX for like four years. Really? Yeah. I swear they've had. Maybe I'm just like super old and thinking of all the times well, before release. You're super old because they were doing it before, like for years before the game launched. You know, like the two years basically after yeah. they were like, "Hey, we're finally going to start talking about it," and then they had demos there. Which, again, incidentally, is how I first got onto this podcast in the first place, because I hmm, played true. it there. Um, you, were the, like, the, you were the only person we could find who was actually there, and we're like, please, come on to the yeah. podcast. I uh, remember that. And, yeah, so they, they did that, and then after release, I don't actually... They may have not come back since release, or if they did, it was, like, only once. And There's they have presence. always For been some there. reason, I was confused, because I thought... Um, the Heart of Thorns, I was like, oh yeah, that was at PAX, but that was PAX South, you're totally right. Well, they they had, they did an announcement thing. Um, no, they, they did one at PAX also, because I was there, uh, but they don't have a booth. They just, like, that was a speech that they gave at, you know, one of the theaters. And they've been there every year with a um, sort of after-hours party event that I keep going to, and which is a lot of fun, but is not like a, um, you know, there's there's no demos or anything, and it's not, you don't get news there and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, at, at PAX last year, or yeah, at one of the PAXs, they did do, one of the PAX Primes, they did do the, um, they did talk about Heart of Thorns and stuff. Oh yeah, because that was the one where, um, like the media had leaked it on accident. Yeah. Like right before that. Yeah, because I remember that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh boy. Anyway, uh, maybe that's how they're maybe that's how they're getting ahead of it this time. They're just like, yeah, we're just uh, talking about it a week later, and uh, after the living story, and that way nobody will beat us. 
<laughs> Except someone sort of already did. Nope, shut up. Okay, that that the leaks never happened. Yeah, I actually just kind of forgot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor fine. leaks. Speaking of leaking, there's a new map that uh, has a lot of water running off of it. Nice transition, bro. Thank you. You know, I don't get to use segues as often in normal life. It's really a shame. I'm sure that we can help you get your quota. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Speaking of quotas, I've been gathering a lot of oysters, and I feel like I need to get as many pearls as possible. Spirit, they've added oyster f in as an ingredient. Does it change the food meta? It does not. Um, they The oyster consumables from the new map follow a pretty already set pattern where oyster consumables, or I think it's Muscles Nash Blade is the one that reduces damage. Um, it has 10% damage reduction on all the foods, but it also gives a stat of some kind, um, which is not revolutionary in any way. might be kind of interesting in World v. World, but we've already got... So I run for a very specific niche build in raids, a 10% damage reduction with 15% boon duration food. Um, I can't imagine replacing that with like 70 power precision or anything. The interesting one out of this is, I can't even remember the name of the consumable, but it has 70 expertise on it. And the big deal about that is that there are currently no foods that feature expertise, which means they're going to start designing foods with expertise, which means it's pretty likely that uh, the people who pay attention to raid consumables um, are fears slash suspicions are coming true and that condi foods will be nerfed, which makes sense anyway to put them in line with other power builds and it needs to happen. But it pretty much uh, confirms in my mind that that is on the horizon if they're starting to design new foods like that. By the way, balance patch confirmed for next major release. That'll probably be a week from Tuesday, so a week after the expansion announcement uh, or soon after that. So if you are thinking about gearing any characters, don't do it now because there is a balance patch in the works and that usually changes the meta and things. So if you're building a character specifically to be meta, maybe hold off just for a little bit. Like feel free to gather the stuff, but don't pull the trigger until it's, you know, don't go too far. So the the Condi food, the expertise food is Oyster's Nash Blade. And it gives you a 4.6% increase into uh, condition duration, which is pretty significantly lower than most condition duration foods. So, yeah, yeah I'm expecting they're probably just going to convert them all to expertise. But, I mean, that, does, that doesn't really break Conti builds, though, does it? It could. It depends on what exactly they change. So the expected value, um, pizza currently gives uh, 70 condition damage and 20% condition duration. The expected value afterwards would be 170, which is normal, or yeah, that would be normalized with power foods. So 15 expertise is 1%. So it'd be a little so, bit like like six yeah. percent ish. If it's a if it's um, one hundred and seventy expertise, it's a eleven point three uh, percent 
condition duration? It would just be 100 expertise because it would be oh. 70 condition damage. Um, so the thing with that is builds that can switch to Sigil of Malice. Like a lot of Condi builds right now are running Earth and Geomancy as Sigils. If they can switch to a Sigil of Malice, they won't lose too much. Um, the damage will come down, but that should happen anyway to bring them in line with power builds because they're a little bit ahead right now. So that's fine. Um, the problem will be for builds that are already strapped for condition damage. So professions that are already wearing full Vipers gear, already running Malice runes in the meta. Um, if you said, oh, that sounds like Necromancer, you're correct. Necromancer is going to get screwed. That's okay. Uh, if- We're used to it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it it's kind of really where sucks. we live. But hey, we have some cool, like, weird builds. So, Vipers. Not Vipers. Uh, Valkyries. <laughs> Valkyrie? Valkyries and Dub V Dub all the way. Sure. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's it's hard to say until we know. I mean, because this is all based on speculation, right? But um, I would say if you... If you're playing a Condi class that has some Sinister gear in the mix, or you're not running a Sigil of Malice, you'll probably be fine. Um, if you are, then I would be a little bit concerned. So what you're saying is that I should probably continue working on my other classes to eventually take them into raids, rather than expecting Shongaku to be good to um, go in raids. No, I think I think uh, if you've got a guild group who uh, is willing to take you on a necro, then you can still be good with a necro. I think if you're looking to pug, then you'll probably want to run something more meta, but... I don't think it's going to change the like the state of Necker. I don't think it's going to get more useless than it is, if that is what you're asking. Okay. <laughs> Not implying that it's That's useless. Okay. Oh man, I stuck my foot right in my mouth here. We've been we've actually been running a lot of Necros lately in raids. Uh huh. Um, sure. No, it's dead serious. Just because of I how easy happen. raids are now that you you know how to run them, you're just like, uh, well, I guess we can take thirty Necros. <laughs> Yeah, I just increased that's... the party size by 20 for our yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, that's actually the, uh... how ArenaNet has balanced it, is every Necro, just you get two slots. Yeah, it only counts as a half a slot. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of people in the guild who like to run Necros, and so we found ways to work them into our comps, like uh, at Gorsival. We use them to epi uh, immobilize onto things. The, the new epi range has been really useful in raids, and we've found a lot of uses for that. I was um, kind of excited when they increased the range of Epi, because Epi is so good. It's yeah, pretty much what makes it on... Necros Necros. It's in really Which is weird, yeah. because it's a Mesmer skill. What? What? No, it's Guild not. Wars oh. 1, it was a Mesmer skill. I don't believe you. <laughs> Look it up! I am. I don't think you're right. No, I want the Guild Wars 1. Yeah, you have to actually type Guild Wars 1 with you. Epidemic. Oh my god, you're right, but this is wrong. <laughs> Spread all negative conditions and the remaining durations from target foe to all foes adjacent to your target. Oh. Mesmer. Core skill. There you go. I I am losing it. I I would have swore that you were wrong. Because one of my uh, one of the builds that that I ran a lot with uh Rabin was I would uh I would throw conditions on everything and he'd just epidemic the living daylights out of the group and it would just be ridiculous. I mean Necromesmer was already a good combination anyway. Yeah. Man, there you go. That's your that's your twist for the week. Yeah, it deserves to be necromancer though. Like it, it feels like a necromancer skill. Hell, the name mm-hmm. sounds yeah. like a necromancer skill. It really does. 
So it was a good choice to move it to Necromancers for Guild Wars 2. Man, that's, uh, you're blowing my mind, Eric. I'd completely forgotten. It's amazing. All right, well, we're a half an hour in, and we literally haven't talked about the map. We've actually only talked about two things so far, so let's, uh... We've talked about the new recipes, and that there's oysters. God, yeah. Um, you can tell how excited I am about cooking. (laughs) Oh, come on. You just need to master it. Speaking of which... (laughs) There's new mastery, yeah. No, that's good. That's a good segue. Um... I, I felt like this mastery, I don't even remember what it's called, like Siren's Call or something like that? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, Orion Siren. Oh, Orion Siren, whatever. Uh, I honestly wasn't too impressed with this one. I feel like it's kind of weird and random. Like, it's weird to have a mastery that basically just activates randomly. Um, I I don't, I don't know, It's it doesn't seem very cool. It doesn't, like, the buffs it gives you are powerful, but it doesn't feel very useful if that makes sense um i guess partially because of its randomness it's not a mobility skill it doesn't open up anything in the map in any way you know like um yeah I, yeah it just it was it's pretty math for me but you know you, they can't all be winners and i think it's it's gonna be hard to top last one with the spider-man effect yeah like, spider-man I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, that one's so cool. I'm like, okay, I can, I can forgive you. I was a little bit disappointed that we don't see it in this map, but I also understand that they said during the AMA that they're like, we're only doing it for this one map. Were you around when I was telling you how, telling people how you could break it? I think you told oh, us on the podcast. Can you get it to other places? So you can't, well, no, you can't get it. Well, you can get it in guild halls, technically, but you have to buy a decoration for it. Yeah. So if you... Use the skill. There's a slight delay in between when you cast it and when it takes effect, right? So if you cast the skill and then take a portal, it launches you twice as far into the air. And then if you take a portal and waypoint, it goes even farther. Oh, yeah. I remember so you telling you can me about that. Launch yourself like into the ceiling of the map and things. I think that has, like, as long as that sort of bug exists, they probably won't put it in new maps just because it's so easy to break things by launching yourself pretty much infinitely high into the sky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not uh, not not that cool. But... Yeah. But the map is actually really cool. It's, a, it's another really big one. Um, I found it very... Not visually confusing, but maybe disorienting just because of its sort of size and scope and sort of those Orion ruins. And it's like everywhere I was going, there was somewhere, uh, you know, I was like, oh, what's that path over there? Oh, what's that path over there? Okay, no, now I'm going over here. Well, what's that? And then I it's sort of like got myself turned turned around really quickly. But uh, I, I really like it overall. I I think it's really cool. I think it's really well designed. It's nice to get back to Or, And even though this one's sort of all overrun too, it's sort of in some ways feels a little bit more intact than some of the other Orion maps. Would you kind of agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. It's the buildings seem to have held up a little bit better. Um, weirdly enough, we're still not seeing like Orion houses. I'm assuming that they just made all their houses out of wood. And so when, when Vizier killed bronze sunk the thing, it was just like all the houses went away, I guess. And, uh, I or admit, or they I've all, never thought about. Or they all lived inside these circles and temples. So I don't 
Well, I mean, I guess we have seen some buildings that actually could be conceivably houses in uh, in some of the maps, the previous maps. This one, not a lot, but this was sort of like your temple district, it seemed like. Yeah, yeah. The what? Is, how about you, Spirit? What are your overall impressions of the map? We'll drill down um, into I haven't really in a minute. spent a lot of time there. I, I mean, I did what was required to do the story, which was to do each heart once. Uh, but I felt like it took me on a pretty natural... So I've been really critical about that in the past, is like make you do each heart to do the story, and that's really annoyed me. In this one, it felt more appropriate somehow, because there was like a clear objective in the story and to the map, which was fused by doing the heart. Um, and they weren't particularly tedious to do, especially if you figured out like there was specific ways to do each heart where you could do it in like three like instances of doing the thing. So for example, the the Balthazar heart, um, if you channeled a buff from him and then kicked some of the enemies into the lava pools, it would do like a third of your heart each time. So it was super fast to complete once you figured that out. Um, which was great, yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to say, though, is uh, I also got disoriented in this map. And I think, in part, it's because I didn't have any waypoints to orient myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hard to have like those kind of map landmarks. You can kind of use the points of interest, but it's not the same. It's just different from what we've come to expect up from with. maps. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. interesting that you basically had to unlock them through spending pearls. That was an interesting twist. Yeah, how, I want to talk about that. How do you guys, because I, I agree that without waypoints, it felt a lot more, well, for one, I, I almost, you know, got killified, like total, total dead. And I was like, man, I don't even know how to get back here. And there's no, like, I haven't found a waypoint yet because that was before I realized that that, like, the gimmick was that you were going to have to pay for them. Um, so like, yeah, I, it's, it's a really, it's a very different, it's a very different concept, I guess. Do you guys, do you guys like it, hate it? Uh, once I understood it, I was okay with it. It does make it kind of annoying because you cannot go into the map. Um, I mean, you can't, you can't just warp straight to where you want in the map. You have to actually go. And uh, you have to basically, you have to go and find the spot that you want to go to. Uh, you, you have to warp into the map, and then you have to teleport to where you want to go, which is kind of frustrating. Here we go. I can finish thoughts and sentences. Mm. Yeah, I yeah, hadn't... I hadn't thought about that, because I, ha- I haven't really been back or to, like, I haven't tried to catch up with any friends in there. I've just been doing what I wanted to do, and I haven't encountered that yet. But yeah, definitely, that's definitely a thing. I'm wondering if this is uh, some tech that we're going to be seeing used in the expansion. Um, it's so so the big pro. There's actually two really big pros to it. Um, is is that the first one is that it's an account unlock. So once you have it, all of your characters have it. So mm. now when I warp in there um, with a new character, I I have all the waypoints automatically unlocked, which is. Mm. Uh, kind of cool like i actually i actually kind of like that um i you know i'm a big alt player and so those kinds of things are really nice and that's something that you know maybe maybe they just had to make it a different kind of tech or maybe they just wanted to differentiate it in that way 
but regardless, uh, it's it's a neat it's a neat thing that's different about it. And then the other is that, as far as I can tell, they can never become contested. So aside from the issue of having to be in the map to use them and not being able to like warp to anywhere from any of the other maps, they are in some ways sort of like super waypoints. Um, so th- you know, there's not a ton of them. There's four of them, but at the same time, they're in the four corners of the map and they're uncontestable. So, and they're right where the hearts are too. So it actually is really convenient for going back and repeating those hearts. So it's, yeah, I, I'm finding it very odd. I, I think on the whole that, I, that it's a pretty interesting system, but um, it's very different. I, I don't know. Um, I don't, what do you guys think? Do you think, would you expect to see this tech again? I mean, it feels weird to be a one-off, right? It does. And I do think it does give us a little bit of flavor because we do have, I mean, uh, th- we're going to places with the expansion that are going to be related to sort of unlocking things as you go, you know? Uh, so it could be that we're just going to see sort of that sort of thing where like you're actually unlocking your way through the expansion pack, which could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, in some ways it's sort of like an extension on the mastery system. You know, it's not a mastery, but masteries are account-wide unlocks and... Um, you know, they cost some resource to, to do them. So, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's a way that they want to go forward where you don't just walk in and, you know, run from waypoint to waypoint in order to get your characters, you know, acclimated to the zone. But at the same time, once you have it, it's sort of an investment that pays some dividends for you. I don't know. Yeah. Which I, I like that concept. Definitely the whole account unlock. That's going to be really nice if they can keep that up with uh with waypoints because that's always the frustration you know with world with world completion where you're like okay i've done this on like 15 previous characters yeah yeah it gets it gets a little gets a little old Uh, also spirit uh did bring it up but i i really like the decision to make the the activities to complete hearts have always had different values uh based on the activity that you do but i don't think any of them have really had this severe of a difference in in the value and i think it's really cool to have the ones that are maybe a little bit harder and take a little bit more effort uh for example you know killing a specific thing to get a buff to then go do somewhere else i think it's cool that those give you uh, a ton and it definitely makes the idea of replaying these hearts more than more than once per character potentially appealing because you can kind of hammer them out pretty quickly if you want. Yeah, and, and you feel like you feel good once you've actually figured it out. Too, yeah, because you're like, and, oh yeah, okay, I got this now. And also, it, you know, it sort of is the 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 equivalent right to spawning a couple of events and having a zerg because before it's like, well, you if you if you came into this this zone and you got you know a, a bunch of white mantle um, events stacked on each other, you sort of just do the event and then the heart is basically done for you because it you, you excuse me you got a bunch of kills. But with this one, you actually kind of um, you can get that effect while you you can get that effect even if you don't have events going. So if you do have events. Uh, this happens particularly in the Balthazar one. Uh, there's a lot of guys that spawn there in close proximity, and you can get a lot of points just 
from killing dudes but then also like spirit said with that buff uh, you can get that quite quickly and it's pretty nice although i will say i did not understand that at the time because i'd already gotten the heart before i found the buff and I, I had thought that the buff was a bonus from one of the events that we had just completed and so i got this buff and didn't realize what it I, at first i thought i was going to get something from channeling it more obvious and so i thought it was broken and i kept trying to channel it and then i saw that i had a new buff on my bar and then actually it's, it's actually kind of really annoying um as a buff if you're not doing that heart because it just knocks things away from you constantly uh, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have used that buff around other uh, does areas. Does it stay of the map. on you? Yeah. Uh, uh, I actually had. Um, I, I was doing it with a friend, and right in the middle of that Balthazar heart, I DC'd. And so I lost my buffs from the previous shrines. Um, and I was worried that I wouldn't be able to like continue the story, but I was. And so I happened to lose that buff as well, so I didn't encounter that. Yeah, it. I mean, it's not the end of the world, but it is. Uh, it is kind of funny how annoying it is to to have everything you do knock enemies away if you're not actually trying to actively knock them into something. Yeah. But. Yeah. Oh, hey, we should talk about the uh, leyline scavenger stuff. Uh, sure. Go ahead. So, one of the mechanics of this map is there are lots of leyline scavengers around. They're neutral creatures, and they eat leyline magic, as you might expect. If you kill them. And uh, to quote Timey, cut out their organ, leyline organ, uh, which is a little it's bit gross. It's in their back. Uh, you can have like a concentrated leyline thing that gives you five new skills. Um, often they can be used to do the hearts in some way. So if you kill Arisen and use the three skill on their corpse, it reclaims them, which gives a significant amount of heart credit for all the hearts, I believe. Yeah, it's usually like uh, it's usually like slightly over a quarter. Yes, that's very cool. And then, uh, I mean, just from like a flavor point too, that felt really good to have the idea of like this is the part of ore that we're reclaiming, right? Like we're, I mean, I guess technically they're doing it everywhere, but this is the one where we get to see it. Um, Yeah, it felt like a good way of tying tying the flavor to the map. Uh, one thing that frustrated me about them is that you have to, like, you kill the undead, but you can't hold the leyline thing while doing it. So you have to kill the undead, then go find a thing and pick it up and cut it out and take it back to the corpses and then use it. Except and- you don't have to do that. Because if you use the one skill, um, you know how, like, the... The magic carpet in the riding broom or whatever, if you get into combat, it goes away, and then after combat it comes back. If you use the one skill on the lay thing to initiate a fight, it goes away, and then when you get out of combat, it'll come back. So you can finish killing it, and then you'll have the leyline organ in your hand and be able to Is use that it in the tool tip? Um, I'm not sure. I worked it out eventually, this but it wasn't obvious. Oh my goodness, this changes... Oh. Why didn't you put this in the show notes to save me all this time, Spirit? <laughs> oh I'm my sorry. goodness! It's there's still issues with it. Like for example, you pick it up and all your undead minions die as a necromancer because once again, necromancer. Yeah, it made my ranger pet go away. Uh, it, <laughs> oh, it makes your ranger pet go mm-hmm. away. Oh, that's well. At least yours what? comes back. Yours doesn't go on cooldown when it gets killed by yeah, picking this thing. It up. just disappears. It's like um, I don't know. It's like a we- it's a really weird bundle. It must be a transform of some kind, actually, yeah. because 
transforms are what makes stuff go away, not a bundle. Um, Man. But yeah, it's a little bit of a pain in the butt to use if you're a pet class, for sure. There you go. Pro tips from Spirit. I just assumed that my... Um... Yeah, I just assumed that my golem was an idiot and getting himself killed all the time, but, <laughs> you know, because that, that would be pretty par for the course, too. <laughs> they can be really dumb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But apparently not, so, you know, the more you know. Boo, boo, boo. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, it, yeah, it's an interesting mechanic. I, again, yeah, it's used very often for the, the shrines, um, but fortunately it's pretty, you know... Um, yeah, it's pretty easy. It's pretty unobtrusive. I found that a lot of the time it seems like the corpses' bodies can sort of disappear if you have to go scavenge uh, a thing. So it can be a little frustrating. Or it sometimes I don't know. I yeah, it's a it's a strange it's a, it's a strange mechanic, but I but it's pretty. Yeah, cool. I would say that uh, as a general rule, it's <sighs> hmm. The hearts that rely on it are very frustrating. Although I think now knowing what I know, what I've learned from you, Spirit, it will be less frustrating. I am glad that I have improved your or life. Your un unlife. Is that what you are? A necro for unlife? Necro yeah. for unlife, yo's. Yeah. So before we get too far into like each heart and sort of break those down if we even want to do that, do we want to talk about um the jump has anyone else done the jumping puzzle? The glorious jumping puzzle. It's so good. It is pretty good. Uh, I would say it's pretty forgiving compared to the jumping puzzles we've been given so far this this season. Yes. Uh, so that's that's interesting. I I will definitely have to say that ju- that going through this one did make me think about the previous one that I was very frustrated with, and I actually sort of come to terms with it as I was jumping, and I was like, okay, now I get I get why. This might be frustrating for some people and understand that maybe I'm not very good at targeting while gliding. See, the thing is that I, my biggest frustration, well, I had, I had two huge frustrations with the Chalice of Tears. The first was that the checkpoint system was not communicated, like, pretty much at all. And the fact that I got, like, 80% of the way up and it didn't work because I missed the very first one because I didn't know that a stupid, whatever, smoke cloud or whatever it was, was a checkpoint like just made me the freaking saltiest um but also i feel like there were a lot of ledges on in that one that were just i mean the best way i can describe it is just wonky and like you should be landing on it but it just didn't like you just slide off of things that if you were like a tenth of an inch to the side of and the slope was pretty much the same you just slide off of it anyway uh, and in this one, I don't know if it's the same and I just got incredibly lucky or if they really like made some of those jumps more forgiving because there were a lot of places that I felt like if it were in the chalice, I would have slid off and and I didn't. So, you know, I mean, like I said, maybe maybe I just got lucky in this one, but I think that they polished it up a little bit because I don't think that's the kind of difficulty that they want. I don't think they want the difficulty to be wonky slide edges you know that you have to be pixel perfect jumping onto i think that they want it to be finding the path and just you know generally making the jumps but um you know not not that so yeah i mean and and for their centerpiece jumping puzzles like i'm kind of okay that the chalice of tears exists and that it is called what it's called because i mean you have to do it it again if you want a legendary uh 
trinket. So this is this is a, this is a real real talk time. I've never actually finished it. Yeah, me neither. Because I got so pissed off at it that I just told it to go f itself. Um, I just haven't had like the real the really good time to like sit down and be like, I really just want to tear this thing apart and like learn it. And so I actually it's, think it's the only jumping puzzle in the game that I haven't done that I haven't finished. It is uh, definitely for me. It is the only one I have not finished at least. Once I know I've done almost all of them twice at this point because they're good, but that one's that one's a rough one, and I don't think it's a. I I would hesitate to say that it's because it's bad design. It's just meant to be hard. I think it's bad design because okay. of the way that it is because of the ways that it is hard. Like it's hard in some ways, but I think I think that there are design issues in it. Also, I don't okay. I don't think it's overall like. The, the general design of it, I think, is fine, but I think that the things that are super frustrating about it don't have to be that way, but that's that's fine. Um, but back to this jumping puzzle. It is it is quite long, but like you said, it's very forgiving because, yeah. I mean, you're... I feel like there's... Uh, I actually never missed a jump in this puzzle, and um, but whenever I was looking at them, I was making sure that I basically wouldn't lose too much progress if I fell. And, you know, gliding is a really big, um, well, it's very prominent in this puzzle, but it's also just a very nice safety net. And the way that it's constructed, I feel like you're not, um, with the chalice, for example, when you, when you went down there, um, you were often making huge jumps all the way across the entirety of the chalice, but, uh, the progression up it was spiraling up it, and so if you missed a jump, you basically missed an entire rotation, and you know, and a, and a full rotation was actually quite a long ways. Uh, yeah, I don't think that that's the case here as much. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's a lot more forgiving. It is. Uh, it's definitely more forgiving, and it's interesting because uh, while it does it does sort of kind of spiral up the thing it's interesting they've got parts that at first i thought that they were red herring paths but what they actually are is if you just make a poor choice it's a bailout point for you where you can actually just go and uh land and sort of reevaluate where you're at and be like oh oh i should have gone the other way yeah and then go back and go the other way and so and, and they're almost always these these red herrings are almost always within within range of a place that you actually getting back almost immediately to where you were. So it felt, it felt really, it was just sort of pleasant. Like it, it, the jumps were, you knew, had to know what you were doing, but for a jumping puzzle person, it's, it's very just sort of pleasant, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I, so, um, is there any specific detail we want to talk about or do we want to just talk about the top of it? Um, I like the boats. I like, I like the aesthetic of it. I like that, uh, I got to jump across a ton of those, like, coral fungus things that are yeah, so cool. like coral love mushrooms. Those. Yeah, the coral mushrooms. Love that. Um, just the aesthetic was very ore. It uh, reminded me a little bit of a less corally, um, Vizier's Tower. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a very apt, uh, comparison. I would agree with that. Uh, also mixed in with the, like, ghost ship, uh, jumping puzzle in what harathi yeah because you have to go through the uh ghost ship it wasn't like as trappy as that one is Uh, oh yeah i just mean aesthetically yeah 
yeah it's uh, also one of the e- i think it's one of the few dive masters that i got on my first try at the top which was kind of funny because i'm bad at dive master achievements uh yeah i actually well i've, I've kind of given up on dive masters uh but it's um it's actually funny there's a mastery point that's not too far away from there that's up on another ship and i could not for the life of me figure out how to get into that ship and but i realized that i was so high up on the jumping puzzle that i could easily just glide over to it um so that is what i did instead of doing the goggle jump (laughs) nice uh i i know that's not what you're supposed to do i think i figured out how you're supposed to get in there after like after i sort of did it from backwards but uh yeah yeah so overall two thumbs up for the jumping puzzle from an aesthetic standpoint from a just relaxation standpoint it's kind of it's good i like it if you like jumping puzzles you'll probably like this one it's not the hardest jumping puzzle but it's a good one yeah and if you don't like jumping puzzles it's probably not gonna win you over but it's not pulling teeth i would say yeah speaking of pulling teeth uh how are the mastery points in this map they seem to actually be easier than like last map which required spider-manning everywhere well i know that there's one slash two masteries that are absolutely freaking miserable uh in my opinion which would be the ones right next to the duena heart uh those stupid updrafts so this is those updrafts were more like a punishing jumping puzzle because if you missed the one that you needed the these updrafts if you haven't been there uh periodically just like appear and disappear and it doesn't seem like there's any real rhyme or reason to it or if it is it's far enough apart that it's not super apparent and so if you miss it it is a it is a uh there is a pattern i just spent a little while doing them and there is a there is a pattern to them but it is a long pattern and you kind of gotta float around for a while yeah and so if you if you miss the updraft that you need to get to you know wherever the next height is a lot of the time it's like um you you will then also be out of position to get to whatever updraft would allow you to get into the position you were just in and so then you go lower and lower and then they keep disappearing right in front of your face and uh it i i probably spent half an hour or longer trying to just like get it right and it just really frustrated me but i will say there's sort of one on each edge of the canyon that that's sort of uh, in the so it'd be the i'm looking at my map right now the east and the west side if you can get to either of them it's pretty easy to get to the other one because you're already at a high enough point vertically that you can just basically wait until you see an updraft in the middle and glide over to it um and and then it's pretty easy uh, especially you should pick up the relics oh that's another thing the the air relic thing um that they had in that puzzle was cool it's a something that's floating around there in the air and you pick it up and it's an artifact of duena and it gives you gliding skills uh for a while uh which is incidentally also how you beat the mini boss there Um, oh such a good mini boss yeah spirit did you get a chance to do that no i haven't it's not a hard fight but it's fun is it a like a group wide meta? Or is it something I could get like elbow Christian be like come do this with me? Um, I don't know if like two people would have the DPS, but there's enough people in map right now that it it takes like 
15 minutes maybe if yeah that. it's not like a well it doesn't even take that long if you have a big enough group but yeah. it's also not a um it's not like one of the crazy legendary wyverns or whatever it's okay yeah it's sort of like a super champion if that makes sense but it revolves around it reminded me a lot of uh, Star Fox because you're uh... like dodging concentric circles of rings and trying yeah. to push forward and then um like you get up next to it and use the the number one skill to to break it uh, break its break bar and then you know when you break it like most of the groups that I've been with um when you break it the first time you get it down to like 35 or 40 percent health and then the second time is just trivial to kill it so um, yeah okay yeah. well if if the rest of it didn't sell me on it Star Fox <laughs> did because the, it's no secret that it's... that's like my favorite game it's it's really it's a really fun fight like it just feels good when you like get a good like when he starts batting his wings and you get like the perfect slide slide out of the out of it and then and straight into his face and you're just like throwing the the gungan energy blobs because that's what uh-huh. they are they're they're gungan energy things from phantom menace yeah, uh, you, you it, can it stop feels there. Great. I think you're unselling people. No, no, it's the best part. Is <laughs> I thought about Star Wars Episode One while 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 doing this, and I was like, ah, it's just like it's just like my favorite scene in that movie. I mean, come on, dinosaurs and energy globules. That's actually kind of cool. Sure, you got to admit. Yeah, uh, it's it's a fun it's a fun boss. Is there another zone wide like me- like big meta boss? Because I haven't found it yet. In a couple I days I've been playing. think that there is one that shows up in the uh, Balthazar area, but I'm not sure. Because hmm. I think that there's a Balthazar like boss that shows up and you fight him. Hmm. Okay, cool. Well, I'll have to be on the lookout for that. But uh, if I'm wrong, Reddit or comments please tell me that i'm wrong i appreciate being corrected oh another thing spirit did you get the like gambling thing in the middle after you did the hearts no i haven't i really haven't checked out the map as much as i would have liked to so far i like the gambling thing i've heard a little bit about it yeah so where you go for the story after you um uh after you complete the hearts for the story if you go there without activating the story you fall down into the reliquary and there's just a, a lady down there that's like, yes, try open one of these chests. And they just have like, well, so far they've had nothing or varying amounts of Orion pearls in them. And you can open yeah. one per day and then you need to beat the hearts. Uh, you need to do the hearts again. Uh, I think you can probably do it. You can spend some karma to uh, karma that's or gold. I've also heard gold. I don't think it, it's karma. Took, I think it's just they gold. took karma from me when I did it, which was weird. That's I was like, because you're I was poor. expecting. It's like you will, you have less than a hundred gold. What is wrong with you? I'm just going to take some <laughs> karma. Uh, anyway, yeah, and so you you go down this big pit, and you can open one, and then pay a little bit to open a second one, and then there's an achievement for um, opening them ten times. I think that if you go back on a separate character and do the hearts again that day that you'll be able to go down there um but i haven't tried it because i just didn't feel like doing the hearts twice in one day yeah this is my third time doing it a second time and uh it was all of them were um gold to reset it so 
Okay, maybe I was, maybe I am just so poor that the game has taken pity on me. It's like, oh, you want to try and make a legendary weapon? Pats me on the head. Wouldn't that be funny if it it had like a different tax based on your wealth? It's amazing. (laughs) Progressive income gambling taxes. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be amazing. I would love that for like if they re if they implemented that on the uh, on the uh, repair thing. There's this new uh, there's this new tax that's uh, based on your uh, income. Uh, yeah, boy, I do have a lot of money now, though, and nothing to spend it on because I'm too lazy to go through with making another legendary. <sighs> anyway. Well, you know, if you want to like donate to the Shongaku wants an awesome hammer fund, I, I, I'm taking donations. <laughs> uh, maybe someday. Okay, when you when you when you're fully facing the ennui of being one of the being a rich person in Guild Wars two. Yeah, you can uh, you can remember that and be like, I should I should do that just to just to get my karma up. Wait, you're gonna give me karma for gold? Sure, I have no idea how what? to do that in game, but sure, yeah, that's how poor I am. I will give I'll you take emotional your karma. karma. Donations. I'm karma poor. I made too many legendaries. Oh man, I wish I could trade karma with people. That'd be I amazing. have over a million karma again, finally. Oh, I have yeah. seventy thousand right now. Oh, you are karma poor. You're I'm uh-huh. like a I'm over. I'm. Where am I at? I'm at like five hundred thousand. Yeah, hmm. four hundred thousand karma. So it's not great, because <laughs> not great. Shongaku, but you know that's life. Amazing. Uh, I don't so, know that I actually feel like going into each of these individual hearts because yeah, kind of the same, and we're getting into a pretty long episode here. I think we've talked about them though. Um, there's some cool backpacks that you can unlock. I Does love want to talk around. about those? They're neat. Yeah, I can talk about this one because I actually did this. Um, as we, you know, as we went around the doing the hearts for the story, I checked all the heart vendors because you got it now. It's oh yeah. Uh, I like, love that cool it, it's minis. changed from the core game from like it, it, they always had boring Literal useless garbage. trinkets that you were going to out level instantly to like ah, oh, there's some cool stuff that I could probably like come back here and work for. They got a mini or something, yeah. you know, something that interests you. So. Uh, I was checking the hearts as we went along, and each each heart has a different ascended backpack on it, um, themed after one of the gods. They're very very cool. Um, the way they're animated, they've got a symbol of the gods in the middle, and then they've got like the Orion arches that animate outward from the heart in the shape of something pertaining to the god. Um, so for Lissa, for example, they become a butterfly on your back. Um, Grenth is a scarab. Uh, I believe Melange is a tree. Balthazar's kind of looks like his head. Um, Duena's looks it, like wings. Very cool. Yes, very very cool. I um, actually there's also seen an Abaddon those. one. I just, I just went. And checked They're the, really neat. Yeah, they the Abaddon cool. one. What does the Abaddon one look like? I can't remember. His head. Ah, uh, yeah, it's six eyes. Speaking of Abaddon, why in the world is there like a very intact Abaddonian shrine in the middle of Or? Um, there's actually an answer to that. So there's an NPC who. Um, I like the way they flipped this around on you. There's an NPC who you can talk to, and he's he says, "Oh, good. There's something somebody I can ask about this. Um, I wanted to ask you why there's a shrine intact here." And your character kind of goes, "Well, what do you think?" And he goes, "Well, I've been thinking that. Um, well, so th- since Abaddon was holding all the other god secrets, um, they didn't want to." 
uh, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but something like cut off their noses to spite their face. I have a link I'll share with you guys uh, if you want to read this NPC's dialogue. Somebody screen capped it in the guild, and so uh, that's where I read it. Um, but basically, um, the fact that Abaddon was holding on to too many secrets meant that the, guild, the gods didn't want to destroy their own secrets by destroying his. I will share that with you right now so you can read that. Oh, okay. That's understandable then. Neat. I guess. Maybe. When in the timeline, in the Guild Wars 1 timeline, was Abaddon excommunicated? Uh, it was before Zero. Before Zero? It was before Zero uh, AE. Um, oh, okay. Because eight, Zero is when the gods left uh, Aura um, for the mists. So, uh, so it was sometime before then in pre-current history. Oh, the Necromancer one's kind of like a creepy scarab. Yeah. Or it's the Grunt one, rather. It's dope. I want one, but I need to spend it on getting stupid things to make a stupid hammer. Yeah, so you want to talk about that hammer? And we can talk about both legendaries, Uh, I guess. Oh, okay. So they they had a pretty big legendary update this uh, this patch. Before we we go through that, I think we should only talk about the hammer um, for reasons. Uh, that's legitimate. Uh, so there are, I will say that there were two legendaries that came out, one of which is, uh, spoilery for the story. It is pretty dope though. And then there is a major change, which is they, they add, they took the, some old legendaries. Uh, I know that Meteorologicus, Juggernaut, and a few other ones that didn't have projectiles now have projectile effects, which is pretty cool. And I am excited for the people who had them and will be able to now have cool effects like lightning on Meteorologicus. And I love Meteorologicus. Someday I might actually build it. But, yeah, maybe uh, I'll do that because then I don't have to do Heart of Thorns stuff. There you go. Again. Yeah. Uh, and I love, and I do, I did enjoy the Meteorologicus uh, scavenger hunt. That was a lot of fun. But uh, so the, they have two new legendaries. One is super cool. And you will learn about it and see it in the story. So no no major spoilers there until next week when we talk about that. But the other one is not in the story, and it is a hammer. And it is really an interesting uh, legendary because it's taking an old thing that they had where uh, certain effects were only visible. Like, for example, Ascalonian Catacombs weapons used to, I'm not sure if they still do, change in at night. So they would get sort of this ghostly aura at night. Uh, and in the day, they just look like these cool Ascalonian classic weapons. And, but this, when at night, and during the day, it's this awesome sort of like Orion hammer. It's got a very, the aesthetic is very similar to the golden rings of aura that you've seen all over or when you've been there. But at night, when it, when you pull it out and you're using it, it gets sort of this bluish aura and there's this bright glowing like core at its center and it like erupts with skeletal hand, like with the skeletal fingers and stuff. And it's like, it's almost like you've, you've taken ore and the corruption that's still there and the and and that and turned it into like this awesome hammer thing it almost is like skeletal so cool yeah it it's really creepy it's like you basically condense the corruption of ore into a hammer and it looks so cool i i i was looking at going i think i want to build this one because it looks interesting and i like ore and then when i saw that effect i was like 
Oh my goodness, I hope that the next Necro Specialization has hammers because, oh, that thing's cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, so I'm very excited for that Legendary. I'm going to spend the next eternity working on it, which is, which no, is a no, 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 Legendary sure. pun. Yeah. <laughs> um, was there, you mentioned there was a bunch of updates to old Legendaries. Was Kraken included in them? I don't think is that does that one still exist? I think they removed that one from the game, didn't they? Uh, I, I mean, it's know. still in my inventory, so so <laughs> I have uh just kind of a fun behind the scenes th- scenes thing that you might have missed about Kratkin a bit ago uh, for the cult of Kratkin among us. Yes. Um, there is an effect that Kratkin has at night, similar to Shur, where really it, um. Yeah, so the interesting thing about this is it stopped working a while ago, like the last time they did a legendary update, and people were like, oh man, they bugged the the thing that uh, you know it used to do at night, and it's broken, whatever, it's been broken for three years, and so the, the guy who designed, designed it was responsible for this, and he weighed in on a thread a little bit ago, and basically what he said was, there was a bug where at night it was casting the skill effect over and over and over and over again, and so the eels would lock up, and it had this crazy glow, um, and it wasn't meant to do that, so a while ago he fixed the bug that was causing this, and broke an effect for the legendary that people really liked. So, um... They yeah. Anyway, uh, I was just wondering if it. He said he was going to look into doing an effect since people were really attached to that uh, bug, I guess. And uh, I hadn't heard anything since, so I was curious if it had been updated this patch. But it looks like it I hasn't been yet. And and since we need to bring everything back to necromancers, I think we can all agree that usually necromancers were the class that had that legendary. Correct. Yeah. It it's like it's part of being the cult of Kraken. Yeah. You have to be a necro. To to join the cult the cult of Kratkin. Well, you don't have to, but it's like it's like a fast pass into the sorority. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get extra. I don't know something. Extra crate cred. Well, because <laughs> the thing is that that's man. Um, yeah. The thing is that most of the legendaries that were weapons that necromancers could use were really um, like happy looking. Um, frost, if you think about it, oh, staff, yeah, I right? guess, you got I guess, Frost. If you think Scepter, you've got Meteorologicus. If you think... Yeah, um, there are a lot of Elementalist sort of things. Yeah, exactly. Elementalist and or uh, Guardian. Um, yeah. You know, Axe was fine. Like, the Axe and Dagger are fine, but they're also two of the least showy um, legendaries in the game. Uh, well, at least previously, the... Uh, Astralaria is beautiful, but yeah. So yeah. in core Tyria, if you wanted a legendary for your necromancer, it was, and you wanted it to like be thematic, it was probably Kratkin, which at the time I said would have been great if you could just use it as a staff, since you know uh, those are basically underwater staves. But that would have, yeah, that would be. There you go. Also underwater. back in the day. Whenever you were like, oh, I'm bleeding out money for this legendary people with Kraken, we're like, I spent 10 gold on my precursor, and everyone else is like, ah! That is literally the reason I bought it, because back then I was so uh, gold poor, and I was like, okay, I've already worked so long and grinded so much to get these tier 6 materials, and, like, 
it w- it was literally the precursor was over half the cost of the legendary back then and you know which i mean for some legendaries it probably still is but you know uh, back then you were looking at 10 gold for uh the crate kin one or you were looking at like 200 for some of the popular ones which you know uh that's a large discrepancy in cost yeah so it was definitely my first legendary for that reason and i got lucky and just randomly throwing axes into the uh into the forge worked out for me me too except i threw swords and I did it in the name of Twit Guild, and that's why I got my precursor. Just saying. Oh, betrayal. Whatever. Betrayal. We're legendary rich in Twit Guild. It's <laughs> pretty much all we have. It's legendaries. Don't know much, but I know how to make a legendary. And that may be all I need to know. I don't know. Okay, I'm okay so now that Eric's <laughs> singing, I think it's yeah. time to start putting this episode towards a close. I know that we have a cast cast slash mailbag uh was there anything else that anybody wanted to get in before we started moving towards the very end if you haven't been through your bank yet make sure you go because the material storage update is in and you can probably clear out a lot of space um wait what things like blade shards legendary insights lots of map currencies yeah um, it's kind of nuts all that stuff all the scribing stuff loads of more cooking stuff you can deposit uh, you a can lot put of things all now. the legendary resources in. So, like, I was all confused because I had two Mystic Clovers and those went into my inventory now. Oh, so those have like, been oh. storable for a long time. Yeah. Uh, well, they've been sitting in my bank for <laughs> so how often I work on <laughs> legendaries. It's like Heart of Thorns, Eric, but that's fine. So, yeah, so you can now store Mystic Clovers. <laughs> <laughs> Holy oh, slowpoke. Yeah. Uh, platinum doubloons. <laughs> or you know any kind of doubloon um i just keep finding stuff that i can deposit chalk eggs um all that kind of stuff even oh holy crap plus one agony infusions well, i can deposit those too what i need to do some stuff on my inventory fixing yeah just like unfortunately i've just deleted a lot of those things because i got so sick of it then i just stopped caring but it's great that they're great that they're depositable now yeah well, that's why you do things like I do, Grybok, and you just have a crazy inventory, and eventually it will pay off. And you're just going to have to load off. up every character. Like, you'll just have to log in on every character and hit deposit collectibles, and all of a sudden your account will have, like, 60% less stuff on your inventory. <laughs> oh, that'd be so sad. But it will be helpful, I suppose. Uh, I do have a pro tip for this week. Hit me. There are now, uh, one thing they added in the, in this is old world mastery points. So there are eight new old Tyrian mastery points that you can go out and get. So if you, for some reason, like me, had like one point left and like the thing you were thinking is like, well, maybe I'll go and get Emperor to finish it off. Uh, you don't have to do that anymore. You can just go to some interesting locations around Tyria and you will get, and you'll be able to pick up, uh, some new mastery points. Which is pretty exciting. I really have to commend them to do, for doing that. I never expected them to, but I'm so glad they did. It really needed to happen, and I'm glad they did it. Well, it didn't need to happen, but it's so nice like that they did it. It is really nice. I'm um, certainly not going to complain. Yeah, I've got two more things for bank space pro tip. Um, the first is if you've got some of the eaters from the recent... Actually, if you, you need all four of them. 
um, from the recent living story chapters. You can combine them into a single one that has a vendor window that you can just click through to get all of your fluctuating masses for the day. These are the, the eaters that eat your um, bloodstone and dragonite, dragonite and imperial, imperial and bloodstone, that kind of thing, as well as the unbound magic uh, consumer. They are all fusible into one, so you can free up some bank space that way. The other thing is, if you, like me, bought a portal scroll for every single living story zone because you got characters coming out of your ears and you don't want to do the story on each one to get there, the newest zone at the Unbound Magic Vendor, you can pick up a Living World Portal Tome and install all of those scrolls in there and free up five more bank slots for yourself. And so I've got all of them in one handy-dandy place now. Yeah, I was... I was uh, nice. When we were talking about this, I was trying to remind myself to actually speak up about the portal tome because that was a really nice quality of life bonus thing although i accidentally bought the scroll for this zone twice instead of buying it once and the tome once but poop <sighs> it's fine it's fine Alrighty. well are you ready for cast cast mailbag oh god uh i mean emotionally yes but like my mouth probably not uh we'll you see i'm this. out of practice all right <sighs> Hello and welcome to Cast Cast the Podcast and then Podcast about the Cast of Other Podcasts and Style Cast of Other Podcasts. This week on Cast Cast, we got a mail from Old Timey Fend, and I have been so excited. I've been sitting on this for a while. Eric, do you want to read Old Timey Fend's mail since you haven't been here for a while? Should, should I read it in an old timey voice? Of course. Of course. That's the only way to read it. Okay. So should it be like an old person or should I be like, and now I, I can't do the old timey newscaster, so I'll just talk like an old person. I'll put my <laughs> my. I've got my glasses on the tip of my nose. I get my lips. Greybuck and Spirit. And whoever else decided to show up. Bless my fuzzy magical peach pits. Old timey friend is back with a letter for the short wave. Sorry for my extended absence. Old Noran and I have been playing checkers on his place for a while. Well, like five months, not playing lots of games of checkers, mind you. No, just one game, and it ended in a tie. Needless to say, old timey swore off checkers for the time being. Anywho, a while back, I was just getting ready to tell Noran to king me. When a thought it was injected to old-timey Fen's slimy pink brain puff. The thought was immediately devoured by the ugly potato monster that inhabits old-timey Fen's mindscape. But then, I heard that the relics of ore went back to ore. And old-timey Fen's question is this. What do you think of old Balthy Bones, nabbed from Abby Don's lock before he skedaddled off to the desert? What do you think he stole also? This is spoilery, by the way, just in case you don't, you people didn't realize that. Also, do you think that Hothead stole the weird beauty mirror he had from the pink and purple lady's place? Boy, old oh boy, old timey thinks that this guy has sticky fingers. Well, stay smelly, 
my extra moldy, moldy bags. Love, your friend, and dear compatriot, old-timey friend. You sounded just like a character from Avatar The Last Airbender. That's amazing, Eric. Well done. That's impressive. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> my wife is just slowly backing out of the room where <laughs> she's been sitting next to me. <laughs> just like, what just happened? Amazing. This is, you know, well, she's stuck with it for life now, so... It's, it is true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So... Um, um, so old-timey Fent had a question about, uh, spoilers, basically. I, I mean, it's not really that big of a spoiler, because we don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, it, I feel so like we you know that much from that, like, it's, I think well, that's a safe enough spoiler. I think that, I think there's a few things that we should probably get into here, because I, I sent out a tweet that, uh, I would share, and this is contextually relevant, uh, that I would share basically the best theory I have ever come up with for Relics of Ore. And so it's going to tie into uh, Fen's question, which is, what did Balthazar steal? So Balthazar has clearly been stealing from the other gods. Uh, spoiler warning. Uh, so why has he been doing this? And what is he stealing? And what's his end game? And I think what is happening is actually very different than what uh, everyone assumes is happening. You see, Balthazar was not the god that they referenced in the video where they said, but one stayed behind. Balthazar is the enforcer for the gods. And so what happened is Lys, who is closest to the humans, has stayed behind. And this is where things are going to get crazy. Lys is the queen, is queen Jenna. Queen Salma has been replaced. Queen Salma from Guild Wars 1 is frozen in crystal... And Queen Jenna is is basically Lys and, uh, what is it, Lys and uh, Issa have basically been swapping positions <laughs> for generations, pretending to be like the parent and then the child and then the parent and the heir and the parent and the heir. And they've just been doing that. And uh, so Balthazar was sent to like, we need to get her back because without her, we're all weaker and our lights are dimmed. And so he's like, you know what? You've been hanging out in this world for 250 years. We're going to blow it up. That's the best choice that we've come up with because it's Balthazar. He's like, I don't do things small. I, you know, so that is uh, so what he's stealing is things that are going to help him destroy Tyria now that most and capture the dragons. Um. So whatever it is, it's probably some weapon that's going to help him capture and kill a dragon and blow up Tyria so that he can get uh, Queen Jenna to come back and be a god like she's supposed to be. And that is why they were so shocked when they saw that uh, thing that's supposed to reveal the true uh, the true ruler of, of uh, whatchamacallit, of Krita is because it's actually the same one that we had years ago that has been frozen in time with crazy mesmer magic. My tinfoil is not strong enough. That's why we I said totally you right. need lead. <laughs> <laughs> I made a mad dash to the kitchen to get it, but I don't think it's serving me well at this point. Yeah, wow. That's uh, that's that's top Eric, I have to say. I, You know, if I'm going to come back on the podcast for any amount of time, I feel like I should do it right. I'm going to say that he stole a map Ooh. to something interesting in like 
either either something that he will use to defeat uh, a dragon or um, to where the dragon is slumbering or something like that. Uh, just based on being Abaddon, um, the thing that he ostensibly stole from Lissa was something very related to her sort of magical purview, which is something that would, you know, create a powerful illusion to disguise his, um, to disguise him. So if we think about what Abaddon is known for, um, you know, it's uh, secrets. And I think that sort of a secret, something that is a secret that you would steal would be most crystallized as like a secret map because I mean, he's not going to like blackmail a dragon, right? So that that's the other kind of secret you could steal, I guess. But uh, thinking in those terms, I would I would expect it's perhaps a map to something else powerful. So I hope that it's I hope that whenever he uses it, he has to shout, "I solemnly swear I am up to no good." <laughs> I I was actually thinking along the same lines. I was going to say a book though instead of a map, but it's hard to imagine Balthazar reading a book like thumbing through the pages and like singeing each one. He's like, ah, crap, and like gets a paper cut. The worst. It's it's actually how we gods aren't meant to him. be people. He's like, I'm not a book reader. Nah. He hands it to someone and be like, read this for me. Oh, I approve. Alrighty. Well, was there anything else we wanted to say at the end of this episode? Um, I guess. So, uh, I guess I'll invite the wider community. On Tuesday, we're getting the expansion announcement. Um, according to ArenaNet, loosely our plan is to watch it as a guild. And so here's the thing that I'm fuzzy on that I need to have confirmed for me. I don't know if they're doing it on Twitch or what they're doing on it. If they're doing it on Twitch, we're going to host it in either um, probably like the Relics of Ore Twitch chat and have uh, the guild in there watching it together. So if you want to come watch it with a group of people who's not going to be like, <sighs> I can't promise there won't be memes, right? But I can promise like it won't be nearly as bad <laughs> be the group be chat on themes. the official channel, right? So, there will be less statements of "Come on, guys, content that doesn't suck." That's what I want on my <laughs> in an expansion. Yeah, if you want to watch it with a, a decent amount of people that are semi reasonable and uh, you know excited for the game, not just there to to make fun of it or whatever, we're going to be doing that. So I'll send out a tweet or something. Uh, yeah, the only reason I'm confused is because apparently they're doing it on YouTube as well, and I don't know how to. Oh, do that are they live streaming YouTube? YouTube? I don't know uh, how to do to the their, chat on it. Yeah, if you go to their YouTube page, um, they have a planned stream there. So it, maybe it's multiple venues. I'm not entirely sure. Um, you know, I will let you guys know when I know more about that, what our plans are. But if you're in the guild, definitely come join us. You can keep track of what our plans are in the Discord. And then if we decide to do a big thing, I'll, I'll tweet it out as well. So you guys can join us. Alrighty, cool. Well, this has been a great... Uh not really reunion podcast but a great uh, restart to you know casting at least for several weeks in a row i'm sure we're gonna have plenty to talk about and it's been lovely talking to you guys and we will be back next week this has been another episode of relics of war if you want to get in touch with us you can check out our website and forums at relics email us at relics at gmail.com or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching relics of orr if you'd like to join us in-game, you can send a whisper or in-game mail to Spiritface, or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve.